In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, the waiting is almost over. You can feel it in the air. It's getting colder out. You can see it in the church. The flagpoles are full. You'll see Mary and Joseph and the shepherds getting ever closer to the manger. And somewhere else in the church, the wise men are starting their journey. You can feel it when you're shopping. Bigger crowds, fewer items on the shelves, retail workers who are tired of shifts with the same tin Christmas songs on repeat, hour after hour, day after day. And as we head towards what should be the most joyous time of the year for the world, we find ourselves instead driven by our society to do more, to spin more. Others in our midst struggle with feelings of profound loss and often try to hide it from family and friends. This year, everything is complicated by the effects of the pandemic. Travel, restrictions, supply chain issues, and still, we are waiting for his coming. But we have hope. But you, O Bethlehem, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Hundreds of years before that first Christmas, Micah told us where it all start, in a small village in Judah. A small one, but an important one. David was from Bethlehem of Judah. And David was the ideal ruler, the type of king that all the people wanted. But his reign was long past. Micah called it ancient days, even in his ancient days. And as we've read over the last few months, David was promised that his descendants would reign forever. And like David, who was the youngest son of Jesse, Jesus was going to come from an unexpected place. And the people of Israel were waiting. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of his Lord God. And they shall live secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And he shall be the one of peace. Micah here prophesies that the coming ruler of David's line will not be a ruler like the ones they're used to. Let me remind you of what we read back in June in the book, from the book of Samuel. This is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for the chariots. He'll take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He'll take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He'll take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and will give it to his officials and attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He'll want a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will become like his slaves. Instead of that ruler, the traditional one, a type we unfortunately still have today, the one who is coming will be a shepherd, the kind of ruler God had in mind, the type of ruler God called David to be, but one that David never quite measured up to. And the one who is coming will not be the one who Israel thinks they want. Instead, he'll be the one that we all need. Our gospel reading this morning opens with the reunion of two cousins. Two cousins who are pregnant with miraculous conceptions. 
Mary, we read, was making her way up into the hill country to help her very pregnant older cousin as she heads towards the birth of her son. And here we get a tender moment, two cousins joyfully reunited. This is a scene that's inspired the imaginations of artists throughout the ages, artists like Rembrandt. And when Elizabeth hears Mary, John jumps for joy in the womb. And it says here she's filled with the Holy Spirit. She's the first person in Luke's Gospel filled with the Spirit and gives a blessing to her cousin. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Mary is blessed. She's carrying the Messiah, and Elizabeth already knows it. And Mary is blessed because she believes what God has told her. And Mary's response is one of beauty. My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul rejoices in God my Savior, for he's looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. And holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Hope, hope is what's dripping from every word that Mary says this morning. Her son is coming. And he's going to change things once and for all. God's going to protect us all with his strong arm, lift up the lowly, fill the hungry, and help Israel. Why? Because God remembers every promise he made. God promised Abraham a son, and from that son a people more numerous than the stars of the sky or the sand at the beach. God promised David an everlasting throne. And God promised all of us that no longer would his laws be written on stone tablets only but also in our hearts. All of those promises are about to be fulfilled in Christ. And even more, the writer of Hebrews says that he abolishes the first order in order to establish the second, and it's by God's will that we've been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We no longer have to go to the temple to make sacrifices. Jesus did that once and for all through his incarnation. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It's written about me in the scroll. I've come to do your will, my God. Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you do not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Jesus had come down to break the middle wall of partition, to quote Paul, the partition that separates us from God and the partitions that separate us from each other. Not that everyone is experiencing these words as hope. Mary did say, he's scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and the rich go away empty. Who opposed Jesus's earthly ministry the most consistently? Those who had the most to lose, whose wealth and power was wrapped up in oppressing the poor and the powerless. 
Now, I know it may feel like your tape deck here was stuck on repeat this morning. We heard Mary's prayer twice during our readings. But this week, as we wait for Christmas, I want to challenge you. When you are praying in the evenings, join the church and pray this prayer this week. 1,300 years ago, the Venerable Bede said that the church prayed this canticle from ancient times in the evening. So you'll be in good company. But also when you're watching the news and all you want to do is turn it off and go curl up in a fetal position, pray this prayer of hope. When you're missing those you cannot see or that you're not going to see until glory, pray this prayer of hope. When you're frustrated with the state of the world, when you're on social media and you're about to post something you know may not be wholly true, but gosh, it would be good to show up those people we disagree with. Pray this prayer of hope. Remember, Christ came to free us and to free everyone so that we can come together and live as the family of God until his coming again. And so we wait. We wait in hope. Amen.